0: Welcome to Lighthouse Faith Podcast, where we are moving forward in truth and love. I'm Lauren Green, Chief Religion Correspondent for Fox News Channel and author of the book Lighthouse Faith. A group of parents in Virginia is suing their school district, accusing it of indoctrinating their children in a way that goes against their religious beliefs. Now, this lawsuit is a new way of taking on the controversial critical race theory. And it's not often I talk about a specific legal case on Lighthouse Faith Podcast because, you know, of course, you need to hear from both sides in legal cases. But the suit against the Albemarle school district in Virginia is unique in that it's challenging the district's critical race uh, curriculum. Um, And it's doctrine that basically says people are either oppressed or are oppressors based on their race. And according to one story, it also teaches students that a person's race, religion, sex, sexual orientation, or gender identity make him or her a member of an oppressor or oppressed class. And that uh, institutions like Christianity dominate society to the disadvantage of others. Now, that's what I take – I kind of am focused on right now because that philosophy is a direct assault on what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. preached in his iconic I Have a Dream speech in which he envisioned a world where people would be judged on the content of their character and not on the color of their skin or their gender I would imagine. Now Dr. King probably never envisioned a culture – that sort of blurring the lines on gender, or one that would attack Christianity as the problem. He himself was a Christian minister. Now, this is this podcast is not on Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., although we just celebrated his birthday not too long ago, and we are now in Black History Month. But um, I, I have to say this again and again, even though I've said it before on the podcast, that when Dr. King confronted and spoke out against white racists, even though even those who were members of the Ku Klux Klan who were also Christian, he didn't tell them to abandon their faith. He didn't say that Christianity was the problem. He appealed to them to go deeper into their faith they shared and that the faith they both had in this saving grace of Jesus Christ. Um, So now we have a suit against a school district because it ignores the real foundation of Christianity. And instead of teaching something totally, it teaches something totally against the tenets of, of, of Christianity, which is says that all people are made in God's image, that you are neither sinner or saint based on your race or religion or gender, because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That is a direct quote from the uh, New Testament. Now, the legal team representing the parents is Alliance Defending Freedom. Um, Emily Gao is a senior counsel, and she joins me now. Emily, welcome. Thank you, Lauren. I know that's a bit of a long intro, but I wanted to get to the heart of that because I I, I know we're not specifically talking about doc, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., but the civil rights movement is still with us today, and it's sort of transformed, and it's kind of become this critical race theory. It's it's almost a um, a, a caricature of the civil rights movement, um, I guess in my in my in my opinion. Um, but tell me about why this suit was filed. Why, uh, filed. why did these parents file the suit?
1: Well, Lauren, the reason why these five sets of families filed this suit is really to protect their children, because no child should be treated differently, should be demeaned simply because of their race, their ethnicity or their religion. And that's exactly what is happening to these students in Albemarle County. So these are middle school students, and there are five sets of parents that have filed this lawsuit. They come from diverse backgrounds. They are ethnically, racially, and religiously diverse, but they are united in defending their children against this indoctrination and really racial stereotyping, and also um, indoctrination into beliefs that, as you said, violate their religious beliefs that we are all created in the image of God, and we should all be treated equally,
0: so tell me a little bit more about these parents. And I know for, you know, we have been trying to talk with them, but they're not ready to talk to the media. And that's part of the, I guess, insidiousness of what's going on politically is that, you know, you attack critical race theory, and all of a sudden, you know, you were um, you're the problem. Um, but tell me about them in general and specifically, their backgrounds
1: well they do come from different backgrounds a couple of them have immigrated from other countries from latin america from um, um from turkey others have um different racial backgrounds they are um, black white native american um latino and they have different religious beliefs some have no religious beliefs some are catholic some are Protestants. Uh, So they represent very different uh, viewpoints and very different uh, ethnicities, but they are all united in that they all want their children to receive an education and an education that is free of indoctrination. But what the Albemarle County Public Schools are doing is they are telling students that they are either an oppressor or a victim simply because of their race, ethnicity, or their gender identity, sexual mm-hmm. orientation, or their sex.
0: Can you give me some specific examples of what some of the students have sort of been subject to? Like some, you know, you know the the actual, um, yes, the actual, you know, uh, curriculum.
1: Yes. So keep in mind that all of this curriculum is taught under threat of punishment. So basically the school district has adopted what they call an anti-racist curriculum. So it is based on the teachings of um, people like Ibram X. Kendi. And they say that students need to get on the anti-racist bus. And what that means is that they need to agree to fight against what is deemed to be white culture or white ways of thinking, um, what they consider to be institutions of oppression, like as you mentioned, Christianity is considered to be an institution of oppression, um, being a heterosexual or cisgender, those are all considered to be part of the power structure of oppression, and students are told that they have to fight against um, these power structures. In addition to that, they are being told that you know, because of their race, they, you know, behave a certain way, they think a certain way, or even speak a certain way. So there was one slide sh- in teacher training that characterized white communication as uh, intellectual and verbal, and it characterized colored commentary, color commentary spoken by minority students, as, you know, nonverbal and emotional. And that's demeaning to all students, to say that your your mode of communication is determined by your skin color.
0: Wow. Well, and specifically against Christianity, what do they say against Christianity?
1: They say that Christianity is an oppressive religion. It is oppressive towards other faiths. They specifically name other faiths like um, Buddhism and Islam. And I mean, this is telling students that Simply because of their religious beliefs, that they are an oppressor. And this is, again, stereotyping and creating a hostile environment to these students.
0: Now, specifically about um, the lawsuit, it's basically saying that this is challenging the school district or Albemarle uh, school district that's saying they're really going against the Virginia Constitution. Um, and how is it going against the Virginia Constitution?
1: goes against the Virginia Constitution in a number of ways. First of all, it violates the principle of equal treatment. Every student has the right to be treated equally under the law, and these are government schools, and the government is discriminating against students on the basis of their race, their religion, um, their sex, their national origin. This is intentional, and it is explicit. In addition to a violation of equal treatment, the school is compelling students to speak in a manner that violates their consciences and their religious beliefs. Uh, this is a violation of religious freedom and free speech. And they are also discriminating against students based on their viewpoint. That is a free speech violation as well. And then they are violating parental rights because they are indoctrinating children into you know, this belief that we're essentially unequal because of our race. And that violates the parents' beliefs in um, individual equality and the imago day that we're all created in the image of God.
0: You know, there's it's all, also, go ahead, go ahead.
1: There's also violation of the due process rights of these students because they can be punished if they simply dissent from these what's the so-called anti-racist policy and even something like being colorblind is considered to be dissenting from this anti-racist policy.
0: Well, this is actually going on, not just in Virginia, but it's going on all over the country, right?
1: It is going on all over the country. And that's why we see so much division over it, because people all over the country and people from all different races realize that this is so harmful to children. Keep in mind that this is not, you know, being discussed in a university setting. These are middle school students, and they're being told that, you know, their dreams, their ability to achieve what they hope to do is going to be limited by their race. Uh, There was one Latina student in in the school who was shown a video that basically showed that, you know, minority students cannot live in big houses, only white people live in big houses. And she was extremely confused. She came from a successful family and her parents had always taught her that she could achieve the American dream. But the school is now teaching her that her skin color is going to place a limit on her ability to achieve the American dream.
0: What about the teachers in these schools that are teaching this, and particularly in Virginia? I would think that they come from the same kind of backgrounds as many of these students. And why do you hear from them? Are they objecting on any level?
1: There are many teachers who are very concerned about the imposition of critical theory in the schools, both CRT and uh, transgender ideology. So we do hear from teachers all of the time. You know, we have some clients who are teachers as well. And, you know, we're aware of teachers in other parts of the country who are raising these complaints and who are filing their own lawsuits as well.
0: What, but what they can I, mean, I suppose they're afraid of losing their jobs. I mean, that's part of the deal, right?
1: That is what has happened. I mean, we have a case in Loudoun County on behalf of the teacher who objected to transgender ideology in the classroom, and he was suspended from his school. That's Tenner Cross.
0: Mm-hmm. What? A, who's putting pressure on the school districts to promote this curriculum? Because it seems as though so many people are objecting to it, and yet it goes forward. Who's who are the who's the group or who are the people that are actually enforcing this?
1: Well, I think if you look at the people who are being hired as consultants by these school districts, that tells you a lot about where this um, pressure is coming from. In the case of Albemarle, they hired a an outside consultant on CRT, um, very well known Glenn Singleton. And they've also been citing, as I said, Ibram X. Kendi's work. So I mean, these are people who are politically active, involved with Many political groups, and you know, they are highly paid consultants who are being, um, you know, retained by these public school districts to bring in political ideologies into the classroom. And that's what's so objectionable is that this is the politicization of education. This is indoctrination. Children have no way to even ask questions or to dissent. This is not the purpose of education. Teachers can teach, but they can't just indoctrinate.
0: Yeah, I want to take a break right now on on Lighthouse Faith Podcast. We're going to talk more about sort of why this whole critical race theory really came into play, um, you know, so headstrong um, in the last couple of years. We'll be right back.
2: Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go to home services marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering what exactly is Angie? Well, From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services.
0: Okay, we're back at Lighthouse Faith Podcast talking with um, Emily Gao. She is a um, a senior uh, legal Council with uh, Alliance Defending Freedom, um, they are representing the uh, Alba, uh, the parents who are suing Albemarle School District over their critical race theory um, curriculum. And one of the things that is is clear that people kind of forget about um, Emily is that uh, the 2020 uh, protests and riots, if you would want to call them that, over the killing of George Floyd, but there were other. Um, um, Killings, murders um, of, of black men, and there were these protests uh, that went on for weeks over this. And is is that kind of how these this kind of curriculum kind of got into the school districts as a sort of knee jerk reaction to what was going on? We've got to be able to tell, understand what what you know, why people are so angry over these things. We've got to understand the deeper under of race in America and you know, the divisions that exist between us. Is this kind of where it began?
1: Well, I definitely think that the Black Lives Matter movement has really focused on schools, and I think you're right that some, you know, educators may think that this is a, an appropriate way to address racial injustice and to respond uh, to the killing of George Floyd. But unfortunately, they're extremely misguided because, this curriculum and uh, these teacher trainings, they they just do the opposite of combating racial injustice by actually uh, discriminating against a whole new set of students. This is not the right way and not an effective way to combat racial injustice. Um, one of the things that you know is the legacy of Dr. King is that he unified. Americans around this idea that we could all work together people of all races all religions we could all work together to combat racism he left a legacy of unity but what we see from critical race theory is that it is creating division across the country um, between people of different races between parents and their school districts between um, people of different faiths and you know again these other, Issues of sexual orientation and gender identity. And most of all, I think it's really demoralizing and demeaning to students to stereotype them, to tell them, you know, you're an oppressor or you're a victim, you think a certain way, or you speak a certain way, or your, your hopes and dreams are determined simply by the color of your skin.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think I want to go back to the idea of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., because that is something that people forget today. And I think that is something that's never taught about Dr. King in the classroom, is that he was first and foremost a Christian minister. And the civil rights movement grew out of Christianity's understanding that all are made in the image of God. And everybody kind of understood that when he talked about the I have a dream speech, that we are judged um, not on the color of our skin, but the content of our character. And um, a few years ago, uh, it was on the anniversary of his of his of his assassination, and um, I was at an event um, in um, in Tennessee talking about you know his legacy. And every speaker that came up talking about the civil rights leaders' legacy very rarely mentioned his faith. They they mentioned politics and how certain groups were oppressing people. There was very little emphasis on what. Uh, King actually believed in terms of the Christian faith. Um, And we've sort of uh, – it's been hijacked to be more political. And if you listen to the politicians today, um, many of them um, who speak of King rarely ever mention his faith, and that's what gave him his foundation. Um, And I think this is what I was talking about before. I mean, but Christianity is destined to – and certainly this lawsuit is – it makes it clear that politics will always conflict with the true Christianity. Because if you see Christians as um, the sort of dominant force, you never look at them as believers in Jesus Christ. Um, and you never look at the person of Jesus Christ. It's always this sort of political um, political group. Um, but what's also interesting about the suit is that not all of them are Christians. Is that, is that what I understand to be true? That's
1: right. They're not all Christians.
0: But it's interesting that they would band together because there's something about um their faith that says, "You know, this is not right. I'm not an oppressor just because i am I'm white or I'm not an oppressor, or i'm not a, I'm not oppressed because I'm black. And that's in in, in, this, in that sense, it's really very limiting to those the children um and they're being told something that is that they even instinctively know is not right. Is, is that what I understand? That's
1: right. Well, I think Dr. King, you know, he drew on his Christian principles to speak about universal messages of justice. And he, of course, you know, he cited the Bible, he cited Amos and famously calling for justice to roll down like waters. And he cited, you know, the Imago Dei. He would often talk about how we are all created in the image of God. Um, One of the things he said was that the basic thing about man is not his specificity, but his fundamentalness, not the texture of his hair or the color of his skin, but his eternal dignity and worth. And these are messages that resonated with Americans from all backgrounds, whether they were Christian or you know people of other faiths or no religion at all, and people of all races understood the basic idea of justice. And that idea is what is ingrained in our constitution and our declaration of independence in the principle of individual equality. Individual equality is the basis for justice in this country, and it always has been. And that's really where the proponents of CRT um, are not acting in the legacy of Dr. King. They are not calling upon this country to cash the check, as Dr. King put it, you know, that was created by the founders, the check, you know, being the promise of individual equality, that we'll all be treated the same no matter what our race or ethnicity or religion. In fact, the proponents of CRT are doing quite the opposite. They are saying we will all be treated unequally because of our race and our ethnicity and our religion. And you know, they may be well-intentioned, but the effect of their work is certainly to demean students and to create a hostile environment towards students, and to increase discrimination, and th- that's not the way to combat discrimination. Right.
0: Right. You know, one of the uh, one of the uh, polls, political polls in the Pew uh, Forum, talked about, and this is years ago, and it's still very much the same, is that race is is the number one predictor of how you will vote, and that religion is really a distant second. Uh, one of the things that that sin brings to us is this idea that um, we are we are good we are um, our identity is based on something external um, rather than something eternal and race is something that we can identify somebody immediately with, because, you know, you look at someone, they, you can kind of decide if you're white, if you're black, or if you're kind of a mixture. And, you know, even sometimes you see someone and, and one of the gnawing questions, if you can't figure it out, is like, oh, what's your background? You know, so we're, this, is a, this, is, this is a very much part of our sin kind of nature. But one of the silver linings of the pandemic is that parents were shown basically what their schools are teaching. And this is where a lot of the pushback against critical race theory began because of the sort of pandemic, watching the students, you know, learn at home and like, wait a second, this is what they're teaching? Um, can, you, can you tell me how long this sort of curriculum has been going on? Um, is it just a recent phenomenon or has it been going on for some time?
1: Well, I think it has been going on for some time. I, I think you're right that the pandemic was very eye-opening to parents, but um, you know these experts that I mentioned who have been hired as consultants by schools like Ibram X. Kennedy and Glenn Singleton, I mean, they've been producing their works for a long time. They've been employed by the diversity, equity, and inclusion um, officers in public schools around the country for many years. So it's not that this hasn't Been in the classroom before. I think it's really that, you know, as you said, the pandemic opened people's eyes. And I also just want to follow up on what you said about um, Dr. King and really the message of hope that he offered because he talked about, you know, individual people being sinners, but having the possibility of redemption. And that is such a hopeful message. And that's something I think that resonated with so many Americans of different backgrounds. But again, CRT is it's so it's the opposite really of what Dr. King taught because it's a hopeless message. It says that, you know, the struggle for racial justice is endless and really it tells students that their their destiny, their character is predetermined by the color of their skin and that there's very little that they can do about it. So it denies them a sense of agency as well.
0: You know, one of the things also about the uh, critical race theory, is, as I've understood it, and I've read, a, uh, you know, a couple of books on that, um, is that they, they, it offers no redemption. There's there's no there's no path to redemption. It's just this perpetual atonement um, for which you'll never sure if you've um, actually atoned sufficiently for your sins. And, and this is this is why it runs head on um, um, in conflict with Christianity. Um, and until you understand that process, um, this will be, you know it, 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 you can't get beyond it and you can't figure it out. You're like, why am I not feeling like something is giving me hope? is because it offers no redemption. There's no salvation here. There's no means of salvation. It is just perpetual atonement. Um, and and that's, that's, I think, what this lawsuit basically is basically saying, right?
1: That's right. As one of my colleagues like to, likes to say, Jesus said it is finished. Critical race theory says it is never finished. And what this lawsuit is about is about the right of every student to be treated equally. And Albemarle is violating that right of every student to be treated equally. It is placing burdens and privileges on students simply because of the color of their skin. And that's immoral. It's illegal and it is very harmful to students, which is why it's so important that these parents in Albemarle and other parents around the country are standing up to stop this because it's incredibly damaging to young people at an age when, um, you know, they're very vulnerable to these kinds of demoralizing messages.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, public schools have been, um, you know, challenging Christianity for a number of years, um, even I think even when I was in, in grade school um, and certainly later than that, uh, earlier than that. But I think the, the heart of it came in the 70s and, and 80s. Um, Emily, what's next for this lawsuit?
1: Well, what's next for this lawsuit is the response from the schools the and the court. The parents have asked for the court to enjoin to stop this policy from being um, further uh, implemented in the schools. The school has said that they are going to implement this, quote-unquote, anti-racist training into every single subject. So it's really urgent that the court step in and stop this. Also, the parents have asked for compensatory damages because their children are being Uh, stereotyped and subjected to a hostile environment. They've been forced to withdraw their children. Some have enrolled their children in private schools, and now they're seeking uh, compensation in the form of damages from the court for that tuition.
0: And if parents want to reach out to um, Alliance Defending Freedom for similar reasons, how do they do that?
1: Yes, they can just go to our website. We're Alliance Defending Freedom. And they can send us, you know, a request and we will respond through our intake system. Uh we as I said, we are hearing from parents all over the country and teachers as well, who are concerned about the indoctrination of students into critical theory, both critical race theory and gender theory.
0: All right. Emily Gao, thank you very much for being here. Uh- And talking about this very, very important and vitally important subject about how the schools are educating and evangelizing, uh, some would say indoctrinating uh, students. Thank you so much for being on Lighthouse Faith Podcast. Thank you, Lauren. And thank you very much for listening. I'm Lauren Green. Have a blessed day.